Uh-oh. So we're back. I got the 70s porn filter going. That just makes someone... I feel like someone's about to come to the door and check our plumbing. That's the title of this segment. That is the title of this segment. I'm here. Dun, dun, dun. Who is it? It's the plumber. I come to fix your sink. That's a deep cut. I don't know. We'll have to figure out where I actually... That's in my head. I feel like that was like Sesame Street. I didn't know that maybe they were inserting in our head getting... Was Sesame Street gateway drug for porn? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, learning. Who is it? It's the plumber. I come to fix your sink. And I feel like there was a parrot that was actually trying to answer the door. Anyway, let's get into the film that we saw. I try to watch at least two films a week, but Saturday night, no matter what, I make that film night. You're on two films a week now. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm trying to improve because I get pulled into these shows and then you're just like you feel like you don't have time for films and I was like you have to make time to watch the film like even if you do it in two parts and just basically do it like old school like Salem's Lot back on TV when you're like we're gonna break it into two parts I gotta try to do that but anyway this one was theatrical going in went to Alamo Draft House enjoyed it it was the new film by Ty West called X it was awesome. And, like, what would be the TL- – you actually gave a, gave a really good TLDR for this. You said it was basically, like, once upon a time in Hollywood mixed with Texas Chainsaw Massacre if they used the same actors from Boogie Nights. Something like that, yeah. Something along those lines. It's like Dazed and Confused meets Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. But, like, first gut reaction was it was – for expecting it, obviously, with X, you expected it to be gory, but it was beautiful. Like I'm gonna you say, said. I'm going to say right off the bat, I saw the trailer for this initially, and I was not into it. No. I did not dig the trailer. The really? Trailer, no. And I was just like, uh, I just, it, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, the way the trailer was cut. I don't know what, but it did not grab me. And I was not super into seeing it. It just it did. I've seen Ty West's other movies, and I've been a fan of some of his stuff, but this one just did not grab me. But when I started hearing the early reviews after South by, I was kind of like, okay, let me give this a shot. I think. It, I, I, and when I saw it, I was really impressed. I mean, not impressed, just entertained. Yeah, no, it, it was it's just a well-crafted, well-made movie. Hundred percent entertaining. And here's the thing, and but maybe this got you with the trailer that it got me. It was really hard to explain, like, hey, we're going to go see this movie. What's it about? Uh, It's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but, like, after watching it, other than, like, the setting and, like, basically the vibe, it was not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But then I guess, again, in a way, it was. But, I mean, obviously, the rated X thing, you knew it was going to really get into. Well, let's read the premise. It was going to get into porn. Right, the premise. I, I thought it was one hundred percent Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's what you're okay. To me, this was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre re- reboot that did we didn't know we were getting that we were that we were not ready for. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, the plot follows a cast and crew who gather to make a porn pornographic film on an old couple's rural Texas property, but get caught and find their lives and risk. 
Uh, casting was fantastic. I was very, very happy with this casting. I mean, you had Mia Goth, who actually plays Double Duty. And then you had uh, Jenna Ortega, who's just coming off the, the hotness that was, you know, her role in Scream. Uh, Martin, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell, Martin Henderson, and Scott Metacuti. Metacuti. Are you familiar with all these actors? No. I didn't really know a lot of them. So I, I, like, I knew no. Brittany Snow, I knew Jenna Ortega, and I knew Mia Goth. I actually what was Mia Goth been in? I haven't Mia seen Mia Goth has been in... She was in Nymphomaniac in 2013, and she was in... So she hasn't been in much, I don't think. No, no, it wasn't a ton, but her face was very familiar. And I, I think I just remember her from uh, Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac. I think that's where I actually remember. Uh, oh, right. oh you know what her. she was in? And I haven't seen it yet, shame on me, was the remake of Suspiria. Oh, okay. That's... Who was she in that? I don't even remember. I, I was watching that just the other day. Anyway, playing that. Um, the, the thing that's the thing that got me about this movie at Sarah first, Sims. She was that okay. The thing that got me about this movie at first is it's got the vibe of um, it's got the vibe of uh, it's got a Muppet Show vibe, and I always call whenever anybody's doing anything, they're making a production. I call it the Muppet Show vibe, where they're gonna let's go out and make a movie. Yeah, exactly. Let's go out and but except, except it's like we're we're gonna make a porn because we saw. Debbie does Dallas and it made a million dollars. So we can go out and make Debbie does Dallas wherever. And we're going to make a million dollars. And that's sort of the premise. And I like that as a jumping off point. I do. Yeah. It's, and then you've got the, you've got the, the dorky nerd character who's going to direct the first greatest porn film ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was the film. Yeah, he was. And God bless them. It was the early days of porn. So they're all shooting on film. And I don't know. You know, whatever, whatever you want to say about porn, those early days, I feel were pure. And you had a lot of people that were really legit trying to be filmmakers who did porn. And they, yeah. don't, they don't admit it. I think uh, Wes Craven did porn. You were saying what? Yeah, you were telling me the other day. Wes Travolta Craven did. did porn. Uh, St- St- Stallone did porn. It was, it was a gig, man. At the time, it was a job. It was a kicking off point. Absolutely. They had, you had a film camera and you were making stuff. It's not like now where you can just shoot shit on your phone and post it. Yeah. It took a lot of effort to make a film. So I thought the jumping off point was great. And where the movie really, really hooked me was there's the cinematography is awesome. Fantastic. Oh, so good. But there's so one good. shot, the one shot where they're, fi- where they're taken off to go do the movie. And it's a singular, it's just one shot where the can- they, they walk out of the back of the strip club and it's like a crane shot. Oh, yes. And they walk yes. out and then crane up, show the van drive off, and they show the... The refineries in the background of yeah. Houston, perfect. And yeah. it had uh, "Why Can't We Be Friends" or some one, some old uh, pop song. Like oh that. yeah, they did great. Their soundtrack was really good too. Very good for memorable songs. It was perfect, and I was like, okay, I'm in for the, I'm in on this movie. I'm I'm down to see how this goes. You know, it got me right right at that point. I was in. I agree. Yeah, sorry, I was looks looking at their. Uh... Their soundtrack choices. Uh, yeah. Did you I, know the um, the character, the black dude who was the main actor in the oh, porno? Oh, uh, um, yeah, he was great. You uh, know that was Kid Cudi? Yes. I, I had no idea until I came home and... and uh, yeah, that's when out. I started deep diving because I was watching another review that basically said, give me Kid Cudi prequel in Vietnam and I will sign up right now to watch that because he was great. 
He was, I mean, again, everybody did, hats off to this. Everybody did really great. But yeah, they were ready for Kid Cudi prequel. But I'm not a trained expert like you. But I just know that, I, and I told you, this was the first thing I teched. There was a couple shots that the suspense, this guy really mastered, like, to me, Alfred Hitchcock levels of suspense. And there's three scenes. Oh, let's throw the spoiler out. They name drop Hitchcock in the movie too, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I know exactly what scene you're talking about. So just jump right to it because yeah. the folks watching want to know. Yeah, the gator. The gator. That scene. overhead gator shot killed me because I was just like, they introduced the gator, and I was like, and at this time you didn't really know much about the film and the slow swim of that gator, and then it actually was like real life National Geographic footage of a sh- seeing the basically the size comparison of you know Mia Goth's character and this freaking gator coming right at her and slowly, slowly. This was the equivalent of Spielberg's swim, Charlie, swim. I was like, wow, this is really good. And it's a full frame shot Beautiful. of, of, of the, the lake. And you're just seeing the gator creep through the water like molasses after, was it Mia Goth or the Mia other Goth, one? Mia Goth, yep. Just and slowly, slowly catching up with her. Yeah, and there's no cuts, and it no. just goes, and it's just it just drags on forever. Oh man, he was and it, he was it like, worked so well. Made it really, really tense, but it was also a beautiful shot. Again, I'm not a trained cinematographer, but it's just like wow, this is really. And there was two other. You don't ones. have to be a trained cinematographer. You <laughs> to just appreciate it. Appreciate. Stuff. I do. It was art. It was that was a again. This would be one of those films that I would argue it's because it's a horror movie, and because of its content, people are going to say this not should not be nominated for an Oscar. And I highly, highly disagree because it was shot beautifully. It made me feel like I was in 1979. They need to take that shit into consideration. And I'm going to stop cursing because the YouTube algorithm will, <laughs> will banish us. But you need to take in that into consideration when you're giving out these cinematography Oscars, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have $200 million, of course you're going to have the best cinematography. Yeah. But if you've got like a couple of million, you're shooting it on a farm in New Zealand. I think you should, that should be part of That's what you consider whether or not that's the best cinematography because I think you're right. This is a contender, and it Should feels be. like, and like, um, we were. It feels like the period that it's trying to be in. Oh yeah, because it was very believable. He's like, we got this thing, you know, home video, and people are going to be able to watch porn for their privacy, you know, of their own home, like it should be. And it felt like, okay, yeah, because it's 1979. Of course, you know, VCRs are just becoming a little bit more relevant. And as you're watching that, you you you're watching that from the perspective of now, where you know everybody just has porn on their phone now. Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah, exactly. So like, it was very it fit. It fit. Imagine showing up to the barn and telling him, no, no, no in the future people just watch porn on the phone what yeah exactly a phone like, like a rotary a, like phone a rotary? <laughs> how do you watch porn on a phone let's get out of here <laughs> oh it was good and it had two other suspenseful scenes i don't i don't want to forget because this next one made me yelp out loud in the theater my son was like oh i can't believe you just did that and i was like oh because of course he's walking around you know in his you know his skivvies the guy by themselves and they just showed us i don't know what kind of shot you would call it they showed him walking in the distance he had no clothes and he was barefoot in the barn and all they did was all of a sudden shoot and you saw the nail and he was way back there like the gator and i knew it was coming i was like oh i had literally did that out loud in the theater 
you know, a good 60 seconds before he even stepped on the nail. Well, Ty West, I mean, they telegraph it in the movie. I know they call out Hitchcock or something. Like, one, I forget who. I think whenever they're having a discussion with the director kid, they're talking about it. They call him Hitchcock. And Hitchcock whole, Hitchcock's whole thing, his whole theory of suspense was show the audience the danger first. Don't show the characters. Genius. Yeah, right? that's what he did. So you show the audience the danger first and let them squirm while the main character has no idea what's coming. Oh man, and it was per- and they and they, they nailed that. And then, yeah, I guess uh, thinking about uh, Quentin Tarantino when he was talking about Hitchcock stuff, and and they he referred to like Inglorious Bastards, where I remember he's listening to podcasts, and he used that scene where he he panned under the floor, you know, when Colonel was there, and you saw them hiding under the floor. We had a very similar scene when we actually had some old age senior citizen sex. You got to see them all crazy naked and. He was going to town on her, and then they, yeah, there it is. He was going to town. He pulled out, and he's like, I don't know if my heart can take it. They're like, oh, it can take it. I was like, how is that not a porn line? Oh, your heart can take it. But God bless old people. Let them have sex. Yeah, they went for it. And that's what I love about this movie is, like, it takes that whole trope of, like, the horny teens screwing on them. No, yeah. It's like, no, we're horny, too. Yeah, it was the nymphomaniac grandma. She wanted in. And then they pan down slowly, and you're realize she's trapped under the bed and then this is spoiler alert this is when we realize that oh this old lady is crazy we just had no idea the lack of sex is what made her go crazy well we're gonna find out apparently i think in yes. the prequel i was so dis- jump, not to jump ahead but like yeah we, we're, we're getting a prequel to this movie i was so disappointed because i was like I was, I'm trained for the certain movies to have the post-credit scene. I had no idea this one was going to have a post-credit scene. So if you haven't seen it yet, stick around for the post-credit scene, which is a trailer to the prequel named Pearl, which is based on the crazy old lady in this one who is, spoiler alert, she's, she's a crazy-ass killer. Well, they're both killers, right? But the, the, the brutality was, it was rough. It was rough. There was a lot of rough stuff to watch because you winced right when jenna ortega took that freaking sledgehammer or whatever to the fingers and you saw her fingers getting smashed shout out to jenna ortega's hands she took a a, a kitchen knife through the hand yeah scream right yes she did that's right she did so that was very i don't know if that was a callback which that was great what uh, about what the one that got me was i forgot the name of the the character the matthew mcconaughey clone which, if you're you're making a movie right now and you can't book Matthew McConaughey, here's your guy, Martin Henderson. Martin Henderson. Martin Henderson. His kill. New got, Zealand. His kill got me. Oh man, yeah. Looking through the eye hole. That's classic. Classic. Don't look through the eye hole. Oh, I know. Because you'll get a trident in your face. Yeah, and the, basically there was the suspense here, right? Because he didn't do the look through the eye holes like he was looking through binoculars. He did one eye. And then he slowly did the other eye, and you're like, oh, no, I know when he pans over one, they're going to show her, like, I thought it was going to be eye to eye, but they went, no, we're going to just stab him with a pitchfork right through the hole. Pitchfork in the eyes. Oh, man. Yeah, it was crazy, because you're like, they made it very realistic. It's like, how is this old lady going to take out these young, strong, viable men? And she took out two. Like, because first she's like, she threw one off guard because she basically started coming on to him and she basically started dry humping him. And he's like, what are you doing? She didn't see that coming. Like, oh, you're not into it? Boom, knife to the neck. 
Didn't but see like, it coming. Knife to the neck fifty times. Yeah. Then she went all in, and that that was like an hour in. That had that uh, from dusk till dawn moment when that's to me the movie took the turn because before that it was uh, once a time, once upon a time in Hollywood for porn, right? Boogie Nights, and that's when it took the turn of like this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, it took and it the turn let at up that for moment. the rest of the movie. No, no, it didn't. And they were all in. And then you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Is he in on it? And of course he was in on it. And then, you know, Kid Cudi being the Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine. You're like, okay, this is the guy that's going to be tough to take out. And no, I mean, he got, I think these people, like any classic underdog, they took these this old couple for granted and it cost all of them. Well, the thing that was one thing that really got me was Ty West's super intuitive, intelligent use of guns in this movie. Yeah, agreed. It, it's like those things get forgotten. You become a slasher movie, and it's like, ha, ah, I'm the guy that kills people with a fucking, you know, golf thing, you know, but that's my, that's my gimmick. I kill them with a golf club. But now it's just like introducing, like, when when uh, Kid Cudi's character, the Marine, the it, shit's gonna go down with him. It's just like nope, boom, yeah, and just blows him away right in the chest. Like he was holding it against him, and again he was taking him for granted. He didn't realize. Stop pointing this gun at my chest because he had no idea that you know he was about to get blasted into there. And I thought that was that one. I jumped at that scene too, even though you knew it was coming that you got had to figure out. But that was the first time the old timer. You know, the husband got in on on the murdering action. So right now, you took out, you know, you went back to the 70s and you took out what was going to be considered. You knew that, you know, you kind of felt the final girl coming, but there was a little bit of swerve on who the final girl really was going to be, which I thought was cool. Because basically, you know, the whole don't have sex, don't do drugs and the one that they called Church Mouse would have been the one that traditionally you would have considered the final girl. But then she's like, you know, her boyfriend is the cameraman and the director. And he, she's like, this is just smut. Why are you making this? And then slowly she comes over to it and she's like, oh, I want to have a scene in this porn if it's going to be as good as you are. So you thought she was going to be the final girl. And I feel like that was the kicking off point, right? She was the Church Mouse, which ironically, her panties said Sunday. That was her, that was their way. Cause there was a lot of religious overtones in this and her panties said Sunday and she took off a gold cross saying, maybe I'm not going to be the final girl, but then they caught her and they put her in the basement and they're like, Oh, maybe she is going to be that. So I thought that was really, really smart the way they did that. Cause you had no idea how this was going to go down. Look, you could take this premise and hand it over to someone else or some other studio and have them try to make this, and you would not get this movie. No, you would not. You would get. Nope. You would get some sort of like tropey, predictable thing. Probably super stylish, fancy looking thing. This movie, you you couldn't predict where it was going. No, you didn't know how it was going to go. And I, I, aside from the cinematography and the editing, we haven't talked. Like the so many editing choices are just awesome. Like, you know, when uh when Matthew McConaughey clone gets stabbed with the trident in the eyeballs it cuts away from that right and there's a whole other scene before it cuts back to the trident coming out yes you're right which was awesome yeah yeah and i i feel like that was definitely a choice on the editors because you've been noticed every time they were setting up it felt like they were setting up a dangerous scene and a scene that you would typically see in a porn 
happening at the same time, right? Because they had Kim Cuddy just like, boy, I'm sure thirsty. And they were sitting down. I was like, well, why don't you come in and get a drink? At the same time that Mia Long's character was sitting at with the old ladies, like lemonade. And you had two pretty much mirror scenes, one being the danger horror movie and one being the typical scene you would see in a porn. Yeah. And you had the, the old lady wanted to seduce everybody. Yeah. And she had no problem. Oh, man. And that scene... Where she, uh, you know, she was laying. Mia Goth's character was laying in bed, and she was asleep. And basically, you know, the old lady sneaks into the house, takes off all her clothes, and like lays next to her, and basically starts to spoon her while she was asleep. And she was rubbing the, you know, the blood from her hands on the back. I was like, that was another wincing scene. Like you were just waiting for something bad to happen. And you know, this stuff, like again. If you, if if this was a lesser filmmaker making uh, trying to do this for a studio, those moments would not have that sort of cringe to them. No, it's the way these these things are executed that makes them super cringy. Like old lady crawling into bed with you is a little bit of a is a little bit of a of a trope, right? Yeah, you know, like the creepy little girl kind of trope. Yep, it's super. It's there, but the way they execute it is what makes it so hard to sit through. You yeah, know what I mean? no, I agree. I think this is Ty West's. Like he's been around for a while and making films and, and uh, you know mostly like you know indie stuff. This is going to elevate him. Hundred uh, percent. And I think right now, we talked about this on the Chainsaw Massacre episode. Right now. If I'm LeBron James, whoever owns Friday the 13th, Ty West is my guy. Oh, yeah. To do Friday the 13th. Now, I remember you said that. And I now seeing that, I 100% agree. I will think I think he will make those smart choices that make what you're trying to accomplish with something that's a stretching premise make sense. Because here's the, here's the hot take. Obviously, the movie's X. You know you're going to get nudity. But the new, all the nudity that was in there made sense there was nothing gratuitous about it it felt like it was part of the art of it that you're like okay that i get it because don't you feel like this movie could have literally been made in 1979 and we would be talking about it in the same way that we were talking about you know the hills have eyes in that same 70s eerie horror back then the hills have eyes mother's day class of 84 that like oh man except they would have went probably a little bit further that's why this film works it's a shoot yeah there's no winking at the camera there's no no, there's no like hey remember the 70s yeah it just does it as if this were the 70s now yeah even like the the trend the wipes the transitions there's a couple of shots like there's one shot that just like I, i almost like jumped out of my seat when i saw the shot when mia goth when she first goes out to the lake and she walks out on the pier and then there's like a super long zoom that pulls away from her and like reveals the whole lake that's such a like 70s kind of shot okay yeah i know it just it just it just nails it and it's not trying to imitate it it's not grindhouse No. This is the movie you watch at the Grindhouse. You right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not, you know, oh, this is fun. We're kind of revisiting. No, this movie could be inserted in 1979, except they probably went would have went a little bit further back then. But I still think it would be a film that we were talking about it because it starts off great. It actually almost had like, you know, I know this is like 69. It had like a 
Night of the Living Dead feel when you had that preacher on the TV that, that was like, okay, I feel like now I'm in a house that doesn't have AC, I'm sweating, that that preacher added to it. And then they actually, I didn't see this coming. I don't know if you did. That, did you, that twist, that twist coming. I, it's like this film was already great, and I feel like it didn't need a twist, but it added a twist in there. So, you, you know, that was Mia Goth as the old lady as well, right? I, I told you I was just like, I figure, I thought it was some, somebody younger in old people makeup, but I had no idea it was her until you told me about the end credit scene, and then I circled back to that, and then I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah. I did not know it when I was watching it. So Mia Goth is the old woman at Pearl, and also on the TV, that's young Pearl, which is also Mia Goth. She plays, well, I guess two roles, but... Yeah, so that's what I was trying to figure out. So, yeah, she was the... So, young Pearl was the preacher's daughter? Right. Wow. Okay, so now I didn't even know that till till just now. I just Now thought, it's a franchise. Yes, I was like... Now, now I it's thought, an IP. I thought it was the Mia Long character as her, that she was the stripper, and that she ran away from the preachers, and now... It's like, look, my daughter ran away, and she became a stripper. So, but I thought it was great, man. I was just like, I'm, I'm excited for Pearl. I'm curious how they're going to really capture that, but I... I can't say enough. A24, well done. This was this was a great flick. Ty West, man. Yeah. I, this, is, this is his official arrival, and he's been around for a while. You, you know, pay, he's paid his dues. This is, this is the one that's going to put him into the, 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 big, the big movie kind of discussions. Um, if there's a big horror, I mean, man, they just did Chainsaw, but I'm sure he would murder, he would kill Chainsaw. If they're doing Friday the 13th, he should do that. He's just, he, between this and like House of the Devil and. Uh, the Innkeepers is another one you told me to go check yeah, out. Yeah, the Innkeepers is pretty good. That's like a, uh, it's got a, a Ghostbusters vibe, which is real pure. But like between this and House of the Devil, nobody can actually do a shoot 70s horror film like Ty West can, you know? Yeah. Give him the Exorcist. Give him give him something big like that. You wow, know? can you imagine? Yeah, because I know I don't know if that series is still in development or or if it already happened. But yeah, I think if you would do that, because you know what it reminded me of in the beginning. Remember the first time that you saw Hustle and Flow, and you saw the graphic pop up for Hustle and Flow, and it you it like it created that vibe of just like oh okay, this is a certain time period. He did the same thing with Black Snake Moan. You know, just the font choices that when you when he put. 1970 he didn't even need to do that but it created a moment and then just like setting it up in the beginning when you have the texas rangers they're like oh my god you got to see this like they basically set up like oh my god you got to see this movie and then it ends just like what's on this camera probably one hell of a horror movie and then boom the x popped up i was like wow what great small things but a great bookend to create that vibe yeah just Beautiful movie. I, I can't wait to watch it again. I don't know if I'll go watch it at theater again, but as soon as it hits video, I want to. I yeah, watch I'm it totally all times. in. So check out X. 